Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening, welcome to Comic Pod episode 36. It's finally time, although it's been quite recently released, to talk about Logan. I'm back for this, it's been quite a while, it feels like I've been away a year, but it's only been about a month, but um, I'm really, I couldn't miss this one and, and, and want to get back regularly, so I'm your host this evening, Rory Greenfield, as always, Mr. Reliable. I don't know if I've ever called you that before. I don't think anyone's uh, ever called me that before. Well, there you go. Uh, Stuart Bridson, how are you doing, Stu? Yeah, I'm good. Um, as we mentioned on the last one, Rory and I have been uh, going to a counsellor. And yes. um, we're, we're trying to work through our difficulties, so you'll just have to bear with us. It's it's bloody expensive, so we're kind of maybe angling towards Fight Club instead, or I don't know, some, some kind of stress relieving, you know. Be very Club. careful where you go if you're talking about stress relieving activities. This is how very dangerous rumours get started. It, well, yeah, it'll, it'll be all it'll be all everyone's talking about around the water cooler at AI Towers. I don't need that kind of publicity. <laughs> we we've already had enough bad publicity in our time. So yeah, yeah moving swiftly on. Um, AI Towers. AI Towers. He's, do you know what he's got? He's got ton of these. What was it you were saying about the gag, the gag standing chopper the other day? I oh no, it's his, it. um, it's his plain air gags one. <laughs> that's how that's how he gets round. You know, while he's unemployed and he's just bumming round at comic cons, he's just taking air gags one. Yeah, he, he says it's like Birmingham Comic Con, but he was actually in like Manila and then Lagos, and he's just basically been looking through like Captain America cities and and just picking it on a map and just going you know yeah, it's just been that, that's living what happens the life. when you've got crazy podcast money that's just the life that you live exactly and we don't see a penny of that money no. um moving swiftly on again <laughs> uh, <laughs> joining us is the dual host of the main ai pod uh he was on the preview and he is he's very regularly on this his podcast and and very well liked and appreciated wow. for his knowledgeable moderately what? tolerated 
Yeah, all truth. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was trying to. I'm trying to be nice. I've not been on one of these for a while, so I don't want to start. It's okay. You being... can still be a massive bitch. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we have to put up with him again. It is Marco Lopez. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to just sort of take the lead from what you guys said about uh, your your counselling, and yes. uh, I'm going to I'm going to suggest anyone who is going to you know I, I saw lots of questions about that people cry about this film, and yes. I think I think you people who who question that you cry about this film, you people have problems. Why do Why do you need you need to ask this question? Why are you ashamed about this? Please go and live some life, because yeah. if you cried, awesome, then you're real. If like, you didn't cry, then you are dead inside. I, 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 I cannot. Yeah. The best thing is someone tweeted and said, oh, we, we, you know, we're crying about comic book characters. I'm sorry. Fuck off. Okay, this is the real fucking movie. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Don't, don't tell our listeners to fuck off. We've only got three. No, we've and just we're lost two of them. In fact, actually, it's us. It's us three. Ah. <laughs> Well, I get Jerry yeah. Connors occasionally, but we're going to yeah. struggle to, you know, that's four. And if we just tell one of them to fuck off, then, yeah, I don't even know if I'm going to listen if someone's telling me to fuck <laughs> off two minutes in. Um, well, that was moderately tolerated. So well, no, 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 exactly. No, that is a very valid point. I think, you know, we're here to talk about Logan. We're here to to lavish it with incredible praise for what a wonderful film it is. We've all got different angles about what we want to talk about. Um, we've all got things we really want to um, want to discuss because it's, I, I, do you know what? And, and, and we were just talking about this prior to coming on and, and Mark makes a great point. It's, it's not about that. It's a comic book film. It's not about that. It's, you know, an X-Men based film or produced by Fox or, um, or, or Hugh Jackman's last film or Patrick Stewart's last film, anything like that. Um, just putting that out there. This is a spoiler podcast. I've already spoiled two things if you were listening, uh, <laughs> but at least our four listeners actually have watched the film. So I think we're safe. Um, but we're going to talk about the film in depth and going to be very honest and frank. And, and yeah, we're going to talk about what happened. So, um, yeah, notice that now before you go any further. And if you haven't gone and seen it, just just stop and go and watch it. You know, just leave your workplace, leave your wife and kids at home, do whatever you want to do. Just go and watch the film, or leave your husband and kids. I'm not making judgments if we have a female listenership. Um, okay, so what I was talking about it's 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 a film that that doesn't have to be put in, in a box or a genre because. It's just a wonderful film and it's got real heart and emotion and you can feel that from every single character in it. You can feel it from every actor that was involved in it, from the director, from the writers. I kind of all the way through, I think it's probably one of the most genuine films I've watched in a decade. Um, and, and, and that doesn't matter what genre it's in. And I think when we talk about films on this, this podcast or TV shows or, you know, yeah, we all might, you know, this is what we like to talk about. So sometimes we're going to be maybe a little bit over praising of things. Sometimes we're going to be a little bit harsher than other people would be if it's not true to the material. Um, but I think with this film, I think we're going to try and be as honest as we can um, and give it its due deserves for, for what a wonderful film it is. I'm going to start with Stu and just get kind of initial reactions because you two obviously praised it pretty highly or expected it to be, to be good. 
did it exceed your expectations? Because it, it did mine. Yeah, it, it exceeded them by light years. I knew it was going to be good. I suspected it was going to be great, but I didn't actually think that it, it was going to be a masterpiece. And I really do think it stands out as a masterpiece, as you two have both alluded to. It's not just a good comic book film. It's a fantastic film with great actors, great characters, a great storyline. It's compelling. It draws you in. It forces you to feel emotionally involved, you know, because this is a character that we followed for 17 years in real, you know, real time. That's almost half my life has been Hugh Jackman as, as Wolverine and... I I cried at the end. No no problem with saying that, and I'm pretty sure the next time I watch it, I'll cry again. I just I, I can't praise it enough. That's extremely high praise, um, Marco. Do you feel similarly about the film? So you remember in the preview, I said I think this is going to be uh, if 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 we really have to compare it or stick it into boxes, it's going to be the best. Uh, it's it's going to be the X Men X Men film considered to be the best, but not necessarily the most successful. Uh, so far, I'm right because um, uh, in terms of uh, if you believe such things, critically, it's got the best score, and it's uh, it's not it's still behind X Men Apocalypse Days of Future Past, and obviously Deadpool in in the grossings. Um, what can I say? This this was a masterpiece. Uh, it surpassed my expectations. It's it's redefined what films using comic book films could and should be. Um, oh, sorry, comic book characters. Excuse me. Uh, the the the. For, in my opinion, and here's here's some controversy for you now already, uh, up front. Uh, I think the MCU could learn from its bravery and its high stakes and character focus. I think the DCEU could learn from its superb execution and consistency in tone and narrative development. Uh, I, I related to this film. I laughed. I cried. I hurt. I wanted to see one of my favorite characters at peace at the end. I melted at Laura's, Laura's grief. And, and I think it's important that, you know, throughout the film, you relate to her as Laura and not, not as a code. Um, Logan's passing from Wolverine into redeemed hero. He didn't save the world, but he came, became the world to someone and, and he allowed a group of mutants the chance to live, to choose to live. Uh, not since the Dark Knight have been so affected by by film using comic book characters, and and I think it's you know it's emotional points that just like Stu echoed are as hard hitting as that of many films that often have Oscar statu- statuettes on their shelves. Why? Because well, just like Stu's mentioned, I mean, for for much of that film, I was Logan. I mean, his his emotions, his battles, his guilt, his scars, his fatigue, it resonated with many experiences I've had and. Uh, in my own life and and fair enough maybe i'm not running around you know escaping from dangerous scientists with claws in my hand but this this echoed the the battles we fight in our lives and seeing this film hold up this eerie familiar view to these struggles was actually quite cathartic and it, it served as a bomb to the wounds of life itself no matter how menial we think they are I'd like to thank everyone for listening, and I think I might just close the pod. <laughs> I was going to say exactly the same thing. Why bother? He's just done a. He's just done a K, hasn't he? He's just done this incredible speech, and then you go. That's not a speech. That's a fucking that? monologue. I know. Are you? Are you? Are you just? Are you accepting an Oscar on their behalf? That sounded like an dude, Oscar in his speech. Right dude, there. I hope you have no idea how much you know. The the the, the thing the thi- well, one of the things I really want to put across in this in this pod. Yeah, if, I, don't, I I want people to stop calling it comic book genre. In fact, if 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 we carry on saying comic book genre, all we are doing 
is if, if that thinking continues, we'll never move past the seating Logan is exposed. We'll never do it. Like comics are not a genre in film, in a story. Comic book characters just happen to be characters in a film. We have to we have to move past the genre. We have to like you, you've mentioned it before. Winter Soldier is an example. It's an espionage film. Um, this this was a road movie. This is a western. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. One, this, yeah. Th- th- this just happened to have comic book characters. This, this was a drama. Let's if if we want to box it, then these the, this is never going to get it's, the recognition. It's, it's a drama, man. No, no, it's it yeah. it's, it's it's a drama. I mean, uh, my my favorite films of of this type are often quite violent as well, but but they're often involving being on the road, you know, and and almost discovery films and adventure films in a way, but in, in a different tone. So Road to Perdition is 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 one of my favourite films. It's Paul Newman's last film. Um, it's an incredible cast again, like Tom Hanks, and um, and it's got a similar kind of tragic tale of, you know, of loss. Um, and it's set in like 30s Chicago and, and kind of mob boss kind of era. And it's nothing like this film, but it's got, similar traits um in the emotional kind of output and that film's won oscars that film's recognized as being pioneering film of its time um and yet it wouldn't get boxed in a certain area so i yeah i completely agree there's you know i I would say on that note if we're dropping the comic we are just the ai pod which i don't think is quite as effective but you know (laughs) we can go with it we can try (laughs) um I think we should start at the top because obviously we talked about the impact on us um, emotionally and, and otherwise. Um, I think we need to talk about the film, um, talk about the characters. Um, there's a lot to cover. So I don't know if anyone can listen or notice, but I'm trying to do my most professional approach to this podcast. Um, sometimes we love to just come on and and chat shit and have a really good time. And, and I want to do that obviously as always, but it's kind of just there's a lot of good issues there's a lot of good talking points and, and there's a lot to cover so um i'm going to try and keep me talking briefly which people will be surprised about and let these two guys uh talk so opening the film um obviously you guys covered this on a preview but it really did for me and i've not i've not read much of the old man logan comics but i think it really did capture the feel of, of how Wolverine, how Logan was at that point in his life. You know, it's, it's almost like he's, he's battling with depression. He's, he's clearly got suicidal tendencies. He's doing things that are selfless, you know, um, for, for the greater good, for the, for the better of, of, of a man he respects and loves and, and wants to take care of essentially. And it's not a Logan we're used to seeing we've seen aspects of that but i mean Stu just focusing on on hugh jackman i think he absolutely nailed you know the whole thing but particularly that beginning because you know when you, when he's there driving his car doing things he doesn't want to do it's the it's selfless and and that's quite a rare thing from him because in previous films and previous guys he's he's been quite a selfish kind of character so it's it's completely different yeah, it is. It, it, it's a nice, a nice rounding off of the character. And as we said in the preview, you've got to bear in mind this isn't just Logan aged fifty. You know, this is Logan aged like two hundred and fifty something like that. So he's seen a lot of things and he's lived a life 
of violence. He's always had a mission and an objective and a fight. And there's always been someone to stab or someone to hunt down or something to do. And it's nice to see him trying to have some semblance of, of normality. He's, he's, he's quite content doing his little limo driving job. We obviously then find out why he's driving because he's trying to get enough money to get the meds to keep Charles heartbreakingly in, in almost a medically induced coma because Charles has become, as, as they say, he's a living weapon. You know, he's classed as a weapon of mass destruction. Um, and while, while they didn't do the, the complete old man Logan, it was a very big tip of the hat to it. And it's hard to say that it was anything other than almost perfect. The, the, the way they did it, the way they captured the essence of a really jaded former superhero. You know, he won't even call himself Wolverine or the Wolverine. That's not who he is. He's just James Howlett. He's just Logan. Um, that that first scene really as well, it set the tone, didn't it? It starts off quite somber. And within a couple of minutes, you've got blood, claws through the head. You've got limbs being cut off. And then it, it, it's quite the roller coaster ride, isn't it? From there, you've got some huge highs packed with action. You've got some terrible lows where it's really emotionally draining. Uh, and, and I don't know what you think as well, but I enjoyed the ride. It would have been strange if it was all action. It would have been strange if it was all subdued. It, yeah, it wouldn't have worked. You, you need a bit of a, a mix. And I, I think people coming into this film, a lot of them would probably want the X-rated action because I think even you know in the trailer, it showed a bit of both sides of it. But I still think it pushed towards the action element of it, and I was really happy that it wasn't wasn't overloaded with action. And I was happy that you know Logan at that point is is suffering. He he can't heal like he, he used to, um, and he feels you know he's rusty as such. Do you know what I mean? Because in the other films, he's just a machine. Do you know what I mean? He's doing. He's flying around in, in terms of his, his leap and his, his athleticism and his power and strength and anger. And and this is, is a different thing. It's almost an effort. Do you know what I mean? When those guys are jacking his car, he's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's yeah. like a bad point on his Monday. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like he's having a shit day. It's not like he's, it's 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 very different. It's it's a really different character to what I'm used to. Um I think what what surprises me most is it feels completely standalone, and and you know I guess the fact it's set 2029 and it's completely way ahead of of the other timelines, although the X Men timelines are the most confusing ever. Um, it, it is it feels completely unique and, and separate to that, and I think that's the best thing about what they got out of the character because I don't think this is a Logan that Hugh Jackman's played before really and i think it's pushed him to his kind of emotional limits and i mean you hinted at that marco that you know mm. really does push the buttons on on the emotional you know impact that he's going through as a character through the whole film yeah i mean it it, it it's quite interesting like the the, the movie starts sort of uh, straight out the blocks first word fuck and it just it just totally uh, like hooked me from that point in 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 sort of putting across this very somber tone um i wanted to say even though even though it's it's, it's clearly what he's doing is selfless 
the the funny thing is the 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 film does does enough to also portray in those early scenes that he's he's still trying to escape. He's actually yeah. pretty resentful of the responsibilities he's take he's taking on. And I thought that was quite realistic because um, one of the reasons this this was quite emotional for me is the fact that well I have faced I've seen. Um, uh, 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 something like what Charles Xavier w- w- was going through through my own two eyes. I've had a loved one not recognize me for a year, a year or two, but, but before she left this earth, and and it, it's it's heavy. It's you, you, you people, but, but people who who've who've seen loved ones go through Alzheimer's and dementia and, and all that stuff. It's it's you can't describe it until you go through it, and it's it. it I, I I can't. I, I say this flippantly, I suppose, but I mean, like Patrick Stewart's portrayal is so on point. It's scary. Um, the, the, little things, uh, the toilet scene. It, it seems, it seems like a throwaway scene. It's such an important scene in that film because it just resonates massively with, with the, the, the extent of the, of, of the mindset of Logan, the character of Stewart in, 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 in that whole, uh, uh, process. It's just really, really, really powerful. And, I mean, the, 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 the familiarity of that just, just, just sort of echoed massively with, to me with the fact that, um, this is not just, you know, Logan tired and Logan depressed and, and he's carrying around this adamantium bullet like a, as a powerful reminder of, of his real intentions. I, I, I got two senses. The first one is the situation he's in, um, and, and the first, first quarter of the movie or third does very well to illustrate it. Um, the strain the situation puts on the caregiver is almost as bad as the one suffering it in the first place. That's the first thing. And the second thing is like you also got the sense very, very powerfully that w- without any remaining purpose or quest, uh, Logan would pretty much lose any reason not to use that bullet. And, 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 and it's just it, – it, it resonates so powerfully with the, uh, uh, the exposing the vulnerability of the character. And, 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 and that, that's something I didn't expect this film to do as well as it did. Um, because I, I, from that point, I was emotionally hooked. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to like, um, this is not to be critical of the MCU. The, the, the fangasms that, that it produces are awesome. But this, this hit me, man. This, the, the, this, like, I, I, I felt this film in, in a very big way for, for, for those reasons. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, and it's completely different. Do you know what I mean? Th- those films, probably barring Civil War, which had a pretty, heavy emotional impacts uh in in the, a few kind of pivotal scenes towards the end um it this is different do you know what i mean this is this is made kind of to be raw and emotional and it's it's made knowing it's going to be hugh jackman's last film um obviously i think early doors when the script i presume was written that you know they knew he was going to die but i mean to me it was a bit of a shock that that charles was also killed as well i mean Charles in this, like you, you said, Marco, is he's a shadow of himself, you know, and you, you occasionally get a, a sense of, I don't know, you, you get the old sense of his, you get that kind of yeah. charisma and wit, but then you also get the, the elements that he is suffering and it's, it's hard to see him go through that because I think everyone's seen someone go through difficult times, albeit maybe not in the same circumstances. And he was such a, he was such a great mind. You know, that's, that's what he is renowned for. And to see someone suffering like that and to see it kind of impact on those around him, it's, it's tough to watch. Um, it's also hard. Patrick to, Stewart in this. Yeah. It, it's also hard to see a character who he's dedicated his life 
to helping other people. Yeah, and, and, and mutants. Yeah, and yeah. now, it, yeah, he, he's dedicated his life to, to mutant kind that, that other people gave up on. And now he's in such a sorry way that he, he, he can't be left alone. And as, as resentful as he is, he knows that Logan's doing the right thing because eventually when the memories start coming back to him and he realises what happened in Westchester, that's when, I mean, he gets these huge pangs of guilt and that was one of the moments that really got me. I mean, even just thinking about it, you get a little bit choked up because, again, he was this wonderful, selfless man who spent his life helping kids and then he's responsible for the deaths of dozens and dozens of people and Logan has realised the only way to stop him from beating himself up is to just drug him beyond recognition. That's yeah, brilliant. Keep it, keep it very, in place. very hard. And, it's, and Patrick, yeah, Patrick Stewart brilliant. was just phenomenal. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Uh, just very quickly, I wanted to say that um, I'm not going to spoil the comic, but that is one of the remixes from the comic that I thought was a brilliant plot choice. Brilliant, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, the, the way they killed off the mutants rather than the way they did it in the comic was brilliant. very, very clever piece of writing. I think it's as well. I mean, we're going to talk about the director and the writing, and um, you know. But if we're talking about Patrick Stewart, um, I'm talking about you know award ceremonies. I think the release of this film being after the Oscars and after the Golden Globes and and after kind of Oscar season means that it will probably have gone so far off the radar by that stage that I don't think it'll be in the reckoning. I think it should be. Um, I think things like cinematography and sound mixing and all those kind of technical categories, this film's incredible on those levels. Um, but I think in terms of acting, I think Hugh Jackman is, is great. I think he's he's really, really good. But I think Patrick Stewart is on another level in this Oh, film. yeah, he is. I, I, I think, you know, Patrick Stewart is, is one of the most charismatic British actors, you know, going. But... Oh, when when he dies, we, there will be like a period of national mourning. He, people joke about it, don't they, about national treasure, but he really, yeah. really is. I mean, he's someone I grew up watching because when I really first got into TV, there was Captain yeah. Picard on BBC Two. You know, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, night. yeah. Uh, but he, he's crossed all genres. I think that's the thing with Patrick Stewart. You know, he's he's very known, like Ian McKellen and, and others, for their Shakespearean and their theatrical stuff. Um, and so he still he does stuff now, doesn't he? Yeah, he, I mean, he's in, in incredible shape. He's an incredible guy. And it's it, this performance, to me, in terms of film, is, is probably the performance of his career. I just think he he's so clever in his approach to the, the part. And, and obviously, this is all about Hugh Jackman and Wolverine and all that. And, and it's almost that it's gone under the radar that this is this is a huge thing for him as well. I mean, he's been involved in X-Men since day one as well, you know, and, and lesser involved in the, the more recent films, obviously, um, but still a huge pivotal part of, of that genre and, and Fox cinema and, and everything. And yeah, I just think, I think he was just truly and utterly magnificent. I don't think I can put it any, any different that one than that really. No, like, it, it is a shame. I mean, if this was coming out, six months before the Oscars, I would be gobsmacked if this wasn't up for a couple of awards, one for Patrick Stewart as yeah. best probably supporting actor. And it must be up, it, you'd think it would be up for some kind of 
visuals or cinematography a lot of the technical yeah the technical categories it certainly should be i mean films in this genre and i'm not going to talk you know but that's what they would label (laughs) it as that's what they would label it as and i think that's that's the kind of disappointing thing because um yeah i think the only the only way and, and heaven forbid the only way for him to even get a potential nomination is probably if he died because i think that's the only time they ever really take notice and it's really sad but yeah. it happened with a dark night a lot and you know there's some been some great releases and great films that have just kind of they just don't push the buttons you know and and i kind of you've got it you know but they they draw the audiences and they do well and i think they've got different you know as long as they're getting the respect from people that respect film then that's that you know ultimately that's what counts but i, I do think it's a performance w- that would be worthy of, of of awards because it is just wondrous and i mean you know the cast as a whole i wasn't going to talk necessarily about the the, the kind of other characters in there but the relationship between um hugh jackman and oh god why caliban you yeah caliban played by uh british Stephen comedian Stephen Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant. Yeah. yeah and merchant for me is a he funny one because he's, he's genius in this and i and i look at it the casting and went that's not going to work. You I know? did the I, same. I, because I like Steve Merchant a lot, and he, he's known for being a very good writer because he obviously wrote The Office um, with Ricky Gervais, and he's written a lot of good things. He's more of a stand-up. He's more of a writer. Um, his acting career has generally not really existed that that greatly, and, and I just feared that he would just not work. But his relationship with Logan Caliban is just... It's brief, but it's magnificent because you just you get the sense that they're an old married couple looking after their granddad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who's, who's, who they're forced to look after. Do you know what I mean? And, and there's jokes about his clothes. Um, and there's jokes about, oh, just, it's got a dark sense of humor, which the film does have throughout that I think is needed because I think anyone that's gone through difficult periods in their life in general, you have to have some element of humor about it. I think even Patrick Stewart, you know, his character is particularly happy to, just be matter of fact about things, you know? And, and I think he was, I think he was great. I thought it was a really good surprise package really in the film. Yeah. He, he, he didn't seem out of place and you can see why they put him in because it, it was an odd pairing, but it's obviously, yeah. it's a plot point, isn't it? They needed to have somebody in there. He is a plot point. Who, yeah. uh, but, yeah. but it works. It doesn't seem like too brazen a plot point. It's not like, well, okay. You can see why you've done it. It does make sense. And yeah, it, I, it's 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 again a compliment to the screenplay, I think. Yeah, yeah. The, the the fact that they've taken such a random casting and just dropped it in and gone right, okay, see what you think of that, and it really does work. Script always helps. I mean, that's the thing. You know, <laughs> it, it it does though because we talk about and and you know we 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 find praise for for other films in 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 like from DC and, and otherwise, um, but. The key is generally the script. I, I, you know, we we talked about that a lot of times. Like films like Ant Man, which are a surprise package for us, is because the script is so good. And and to me, that's because Edgar Wright was involved, and he's he's such a wonderful scriptwriter. Um, well, it's paramount, you, isn't it? You could have yeah. the best cast in the world, the best director, the best producer, but if the script's garbage, if it doesn't it, tie together a, a, a good story, then what's yeah. the point? You know, I knew you'd say that. I fucking knew one of you would. 
De- well, Sorry. Deadpool, Deadpool would have failed if the script wasn't as good as it was. Do you know what I mean? Because it's all about the script. I mean, that that film is an action-based film, but there isn't that much action. Do you know what I mean? And and it's quite yeah. a, a short film, but it's all about the delivery and it's all about the script. Um, but you can't get that kind of delivery from Reynolds unless you've got the script to back it up. Do you know what I mean? And um, it's yeah. I mean, the script is 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 just and the screenplay and the way it's shot is just it's just incredible. And those scenes in Mexico. I just like Marco alluded to, and, and like he's known throughout the film, it's it's the modern western, which took me bloody well by surprise. <laughs> um, it makes the choice of Johnny Cash make even more sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, and the director uh, wrote and, and directed Walk the Line, which is the, the biopic. Oh, did Johnny he? Cash. Yeah. yeah, right. Okay. Um, and that is again, that's one of my favorite films and if you want to see another film with real emotional kind of depth and Joaquin Phoenix is just incredible in that film um and that that makes a lot of sense because there are connotations if you go and watch that film and watch this because obviously that's deep south of America you know the states but but you know close to the border and it's got that similar kind of dry feel about it you know it's 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 a certain presence I mean that's what this film had it had a lot of incredible things but what it had throughout of it is it's so succinct. It's so coherent. Everything makes sense. Often when you watch films that are over two hours long, there's a lull in the story. There's a, there's a pacing issue. It's too slow here or it's too fast or it's too this. I, I thought this was one of the films that flowed the best I've seen in a very, very long time. I think every <laughs> scene was really purposeful. Um, yeah. And it started from that beginning. It went into Mexico. I think then when Laura was introduced, it upped the action. It changed the dynamics completely. Um, and then it almost it becomes a different film. It evolves as it goes. I mean, going on to Laura, um, and I don't know if it was a jibe at my <laughs> thing that you said before, Marco, about my um, – my agenda for this but i wrote x23 about a dozen times but (laughs) (laughs) um but laura as a character and laura as an actress she doesn't speak for an hour in the film at least and then she's got so much presence and then she steals the she steals the show yeah i i I mean and it's only the second thing that she's ever done yeah, the casting is just genius, but um, she, she she's brilliant in it. And I think her action scenes as well, you've got to say, were just stunning. They were. Yeah. I think it, it was reminiscent of um, Chloe Moretz as Hit Girl in Kick-Ass because yeah. it was so unexpected to get Chat. that level of ferocity out of such a young and such a slight girl. You know, there's nothing of her. You know, when you see someone like, obviously it's a bit of an unfair comparison, but when you see a grown woman like Scarlett Johansson doing some of the stunts that she does, it's fair enough because she's, what, 30? You know, she's trained at this. She's 11 or 12 years old. And and some of the things that she's that she's done in this, I mean, her and Millie, I think, I think we said in the preview, her and Millie Bobby Brown could be two huge superstars in, in the future. I mean, they're already talking about Millie Bobby Brown now as taken over as young Princess Leia. God knows what uh, Daphne King oh got, yeah. got lying ahead of her after this. You'd like to think that she's going to become the future X-23. Like, actual, uh, uh, the character grows up as she grows up. 
I'd like to see that as well. I mean, I'll let Marco have a say in a second, but yeah, I think as a character, she's she plays it perfectly. But I think you do want to see some kind of continuity because like, people like Anna Paquin, who I know you're not a massive fan of. Steve, no, she's but, on the list. I know it's a long list. Um, it is. It's getting progressively worse. I must admit. <laughs> but there's people that have got potential and then they're kind of underused in their careers and they go off in different tangents. And, you know, I, I think not everyone wants to stick to doing action films or doing this or do that or being typecast in a role. Um, and you've got interesting actresses like Brie Larson, who does extremely indie, you know, heavy kind of emotional Oscar winning performances and then will come and be Captain Marvel and you've got you know Jennifer Lawrence who does the same she'll win Oscars for indie films and then she'll be the biggest star in in X-Men or in in other things and and I think it's good you know to see that with within actors and actresses um this girl for such a young age and, and such a kind of fledgling career is just delivers just one hell of a performance I mean I know you've been keen to enthuse about her, Marco. So, what was your thoughts about her? Uh, first of all, interesting fact uh, from what I could gather from interviews, Mangold deliberately cast her as not natively English speaking because uh, he was trying to get more story representation through body language and emotions. And in that respect, she uh, um, she nailed oh, she it because. It. I, I, yeah. I mean, she, she she doesn't say a word for the first half of the film. Let's just let's just understand that. That's number one. Number two. Um, and 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 here's where I'll I'll, I'll hit the, the 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 note. It might be a good segue you can use as well, Rory. Um, I'm sensitive to you as a host. But <laughs> <laughs> At least my, somebody's my, on this pod because it's very rare that anyone is. Yeah. Well. So um, my 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 whole thing around around the name and the X23 thing, I found a very subtle theme popping up in the film around the, the exposition of father figures. So you've obviously got Logan and Xavier as, as, as a father figure relationship that's existed for a while. Um, you've got this unwanted one between Logan and, and Laura. And while, while Laura is not necessarily referred to as X-23 by uh, Xavier or Logan, I find it very interesting that Xander Rice is so almost paternal over X-24 in this very like – Pit kind of way, yeah. and, and 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 I just thought, you know what? That's such an interesting juxtaposition against Laura, who because I mean, like you, you'd introduced to her. Has she got rage issues? Yes. Has she is she suffering from loneliness? Yes. Um, forced to sink or swim, psychological scars, grown in the lab, self harming. Does that sound familiar? Because it should. And 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 fundamentally, I think what's really really interesting is, first of all, you appreciate her over the film by her name, not by her code. Um, whereas X twenty four is just you know, as as much as Xanderize tries to sort of play this father card, it's like it's it, that's just a thing. It's, it's it's a grown test tube thing that's heartless and and soulless. And ironically, it's what Logan does think he is, he uh, of himself. He, I think he sees himself very much as Weapon X in the same way that Xanderai sees X-24 as X-24. The, the reason the film comes full circle so powerfully is because by the end of the film, when Logan finally accepts her, he accepts her as Laura. He accepts her as, I mean, even though it's his DNA that, that's made her and then yeah. the, it is his daughter, he only really takes her in as his daughter in that final moment. Oh, in the yeah. same, she only accepts him as her father in that final moment. And that's why it hits. That's why those tears, when they come down and you're sharing them with her in the film, when you're watching it, if you're, if you've got any kind of soul, like 
Frick, that's why it's powerful because you suddenly see that that thing come full circle in 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 terms of like for me the biggest thing about about sort of her portrayal is that you know it's 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 less I mean yes it's very cool all the powers and everything and and the 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 clawfoot moment is one of the 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 few action moments that I thought was like really fangasm but like I just. The, the the it's it, it's the character of the girl it's the, it's the tenacity it's that argument in the car is so funny and I mean he's swearing at her <laughs> but it's so funny and it's oh, so when she weird. wants to drive the car yeah, and yeah. before before that when when she's arguing with him like please take me to North Dakota and he's saying no it's a comic book it's oh, not yeah. real and then she punches him in the face <laughs> it's, it's but like that's it's it's so real it's guys that's the thing it's so and 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 that's why I, I I love it. It it comes out of this sort of element that that's sort of very tr- stereotypically comic booky, which which I I really really loved. Yeah, I I love the references back to the X Men comics, and I kind of love that you know that she she sees him through the comic book eyes, and I think that's really clever because he keeps referring back to you know they're just stories, and and some of it was real, but most of it's made up. And yeah, I, I thought that was really clever. Um, and there's, the a couple, there's a nice little moment, isn't it, when he looks at one of the, he opens one of the comics, yeah. and he sort of brushes it off, and he goes like, that's not how it happened. <laughs> and you're sort of thinking, well, how did it happen? I wish we got to see it. Yeah, I guess in the timeline, no one knows what's really happened in X-Men in the last few years, so it's just all there. <laughs> no. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna coin fangasm by the way because I've not really heard that before. I really? think it's one of our novel- you should get it needs to go on one of our novelty t-shirts too that are being made. That's oh, the one thing we've asked for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have a word with the uh, you can blame department. Blame Marco. Hashtag fangasm. Yeah, exactly. It's all there. Um, <laughs> hashtag bad news, Lopez. <laughs> I'm just gonna say with with kind of scenes. Most of the favorite, yeah, most of my favorite scenes. Um, with her in it i love the one when they stop to get to get fuel to get gas whatever you want to call it if you're american um <laughs> petrol uh <laughs> diesel whatever if and she's walking around after going on the you know the electronic machines yeah, the that kids drive you crazy thing. to go on yeah exactly and she gets really mad at it when it stops and he basically says one more go you're allowed one more go i've basically shouted at that at my children about a hundred times do you know what i mean but um yeah so there's some parent relating there but the the scene when she's inside the the petrol station shop and she's She's, you know, put on the sunglasses and, you know, walking on it in the crisps and the guy stops her and she's about to basically take his head off. <laughs> it's just like he has to stop her and go, no, you you don't do that. You know what I mean? And she just doesn't, she doesn't understand, you know, there isn't that kind of because of what's gone on and because of being so isolated and she has got humanity, um, but it, it takes a course throughout the film. And I think the evolution from there to the poor family that get massacred, um, when they're having dinner around the table, that's one yeah. of my favourite scenes you, in the you film. You just knew it was going to happen, didn't you? As soon as they I, entered I think, into the yeah. frame, you just knew that something was going to happen with them. Yeah, it yeah, you never, did. It was never going to be, come back to ours for tea. Oh, see you later. Thanks for stopping by. Someone <laughs> oh, we'll was going to die. We'll be pen pals in the future. Yeah. You know, hologram pen pals or whatever 2029 20, brings. But um... <laughs> Was that your first comic pod prediction? Because that's my shtick. 
<laughs> it's like a back to the future prediction, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I, I just think that scene when they're all around the table, they're almost like a dysfunctional family because he says it's his dad and, and it's known as his daughter. You know, they, they assume as much. Um, and they, they actually share a smile and a laugh and, uh, it's the I first don't know. sign of normalcy, isn't it, in the whole thing? It's the first time they get to really sit down and and just be. But it's such a clever juxtaposition in the film because it's, it's they're almost feeling normal and then massacre. And it almost becomes a different film. Like I mentioned before, you know, the evolution in the film, when X-24 gets introduced, he's almost like something out of a horror film. And, yeah. And and it's it's so different that it goes from the pace changes and the, the style of film changes and, and obviously they're then on the run and, um, you know, for, you know, I, I'll come back to the action scenes because there are, you know, a few to touch on, especially the casino that's worth talking about, but it's when, you know, Charles dies. And to me, I mean, that, that hit me almost as much as, I mean, the X crossed, Really did hit oh, me. Oh, don't. <laughs> We're all going. Um, I'll get to that. I'll get yeah, to that. Yeah, we'll later. get to that. I mean, that was genius. But but Charles dying in his bed as an old man, being stabbed by someone he saw, and and I'm glad there was a point where he could explain it wasn't him. Do you know what oh, I mean? Because God, yeah, cause that would have that would have that would have so fucking horrible if if it, it, the last <laughs> thing he saw was that yeah. his son figure stabbing him i mean oh my god i know but but at least they had that moment uh, albeit there wasn't the poignant words there wasn't the the kind of big speech and and i mean that surprised a lot of people that he had such a normal non-heroic death but i think that was what's made it so powerful really yeah because um, he wasn't you, a fighter was he he was never charles was never going to die on a battlefield he was never going to you know, be killed by Magneto. Him and Magneto in some grand, yeah, battle, exactly. Yeah, because no matter what, whenever he's fought anyone, it's always been almost as a pacifist, hasn't he? He only does what he has to for the greater good. So, and it it, it was nice. It was like Marco said before, it, it kind of really hits on a personal level. It's thinking he struggled for so long and now he's at peace. He doesn't have to wrestle with his conscience. He doesn't have to worry anymore. Is he going to have another incident when he loses control? He just gets to rest. And it, it was it was beautifully done. Strangely, I didn't think he would die. Um, but there was a bit of a misdirection as well, because a lot of people, myself included, in the trailers, thought that uh, I, I thought he was going to be the one that was burying Logan. Uh, for some reason, I thought there would be some scene at the end where Laura and Charles were burying Logan and maybe Laura would become like Charles's last student. Yeah, I, I think it I, I think it could it wasn't gonna go in that direction. I think the the big thing for me, and I was gonna come on to it later, but the big thing for me is that the director got to tell his story. Yeah. And I think a, a big part of that was you know, he did it his way in his style, and and it's great that the studio allowed him to do that. Um, I think it's very rare that you know, obviously the actors were were calling it time, and so that that does help a, a studio's influence on on the story. But although, side note, um, Patrick Stewart said he would love to come on to uh, Legion season two 
Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, but but you know, I guess that's that's different. It's different realm. It's TV and, oh, and the rest course, of it. Yeah. But um, and you know, X Men like it keeps saying and make up timelines as they go. So I guess you could reintroduce them if you wish to. But um, I think it's it's great that the director got to do what he did and, and got to give his full vision on screen because it's very rare that a director gets that kind of license. And I think 20th Century Fox is doing something, taking aside X-Men Last Stand, or not Last Stand, what was the last one last year? The Apocalypse. Apocalypse. I've jumped, I've jumped back myself a few years. Um, I don't even know what so, timeline you're in. I know, I'm, I, I don't. <laughs> it's been a crazy week. Um, but... Taking taking that aside, Deadpool and this are the two films in this AI book pod um, genre that allow a director to really put his full stamp on it and and really get the most out of his actors and and I don't know I, I think there's something really powerful in that because we've seen directors shackled left right and centre not just in comic book films, in, in lots of different films and lots of different genres, where they can't really get their story across from risk of sequels or trilogies or merchandise or, you know, or whatever. And I just thought that was one of the most powerful things. And I think, Marco, you know, coming to you, I don't know, what do you take of my five-minute rant on random director shit? <laughs> uh... It's, it's it's difficult because I think I think um, you know I'd, I'd almost maybe give uh, I think maybe a little bit too much credit is being given to Fox here because I think uh, there's a lot of if you reverse engineer it there's a lot of uh, reason to give Ryan Reynolds credit for Deadpool because of his fight there's a lot of reason to give uh, James Mangold credit for uh, getting Logan he wanted uh, in fact he he had initially petition uh, obviously you know for, for Fox do need credit for for agreeing but um, you know those guys are the ones who who made the initial fight that's the first point second point of directors um full license depends uh zach snyder uh anyway but um <laughs> oh god that's it oh yeah that's a bad yeah but but, 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 you, but you know what guys the lesson for me is not about directors it's about films using the comic characters in 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 the right way and 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 i think the the, the key thing what we did here is is more than the r-ratedness more than the the the, the directors given being given license to to do the things that they wanted it was making sure that that these stories revolved uh, concretely around these characters and in, in a fantastic way. And funny enough, um, something I'm going to pick up on is I think for me, this, this illustrate, this opened my eyes. This, there's, if, if, if you read the Civil War comic right to its conclusion, you know something really important happens at the end of it, which didn't happen in the movie. And I'm not necessarily saying that the movie had to be a retelling of the comic. But my point is, this is kind of where I actually want to turn around and say to, to the MCU, will you start being brave, please? When you start actually having the balls to be a little bit braver because the quality of everything else they're doing is good. So so take that last step. And I'm not saying do it in the R-rated or in the serious drama or the road movie style, but just there's there's a risk they haven't taken yet. And pretty soon they're going to be forced to take that risk, if nothing else, because their actors are getting too old. Yeah. And, and I, I think, think a lot of people think, will yeah. know what you're talking about when you say yeah, that. Well, it, it, I, I, I'd agree. And, uh, but the other risk they can take and what they may need to take and I think we can maybe come back and revisit this, but I think it's, it's once this once this phase is complete, then they're going to have to start thinking outside the box and, and, and diversifying and moving in other areas and, and introducing new characters anyway. 
because people yeah. aren't tired of them, but you've used them a lot. Do you know what I mean? And and I think there's only so many stories you can tell with the same characters. And and as we know, and and comic book readers and 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 whatnot, there's a there's a huge amount that they don't use. You know, and I know they use the ones that have got popular and famous and commercial and everything else. But there's a huge back catalogue of, of work that they can always delve into. Marvel, yeah. you know, DC, everyone, you know. And and I think it'd be good if they. They maybe do branch out a little bit and maybe do make some bold decisions. I don't think Marvel, for their credit, have made any bad decisions. I agree. In um, fairness, I think that is something that they are doing because they've, they've made no secret of the fact that the next phase of films focuses more on Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel than it does on Iron Man. Yeah, I think they're just uh, going to go out America. and bank as big as they can bank in the next couple of installments and then they might start to see you know, different things. I think Black Panther might be a slightly different style film, which I think we're really looking forward to. So well, Chris Evans um, has already has said again, um, the, the, the suggestion is that he's got two films left, which well, is going to be the, um, the two in, uh, infinity films. And then after that, he's done as in completely yeah. finished, not, not renegotiating because he'll have been doing it for a long time. And yeah. if you just I'm going to be numbers. strict. I'm going to be strict on this pod for once. We're not going to move on to other areas because otherwise, otherwise we'll just go down a very slippery road and not talk about the hey, films Marco, we're supposed to talk R- about. R- Rory's got his daddy pants on. Yeah, I know. I know exactly. I've got my Logan pants on, um, all ripped. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> um, moving very swiftly <laughs> yeah. that's not the direction I meant to go in at all fuck I don't even know how to follow that um, I think we want to talk a little bit we've talked quite a lot about characters and I, and I think we, we're going to talk about the ending in due course are there any other characters you want to touch on or should we talk about the action scenes because I think that they are yeah, quite let's important go in the film uh, yeah, well, I'm going to have an X-Men film like this, and the action yeah. isn't the biggest part, but that's no, a no, huge that's tribute to it. That's a massive tribute to what a, a stellar film it is, that it doesn't need the action set pieces, even though it has got them. Yeah. Marco's yeah. pushing to record another podcast on this, but uh, how long are we into this? About 50 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. I think we can squeeze this in. I think we'll we'll come back and do um, I think we'll do more regular podcasts. I think we might just do a, uh, a podcast on, on, I don't know, on, on a good discussion on, on certain topic points and stuff. So, um, but I what think, I think we've got enough time to, <laughs> well, that'd be an incredible podcast, but mm. I don't think we're going to just talk about our meat eating habits. I think we'd offend the vegans. And oh, the screw vegans. Vegans aren't really people. Yeah, vegans have got superpowers, man. They've got superpowers. Have you not seen Ow. Scott Pilgrim? Um, no vegan, no vegan diet, <laughs> no vegan powers. Um, so, Rory, you, we've you really got a tangent. Character. I was trying to be really? a professional host. Yeah, what yeah. characters do you want to talk about, yeah. Marco? Let me bring you back. Me bring back. I thought I thought Donald Pierce is actually pretty cool. Um, he, I did he too. Plays yeah. it, he plays it low key. I love his opening line. I I I have it cycle in my head. I've actually tried to find a TV spot where he says it because it's just such a such a cool. And also, it's like. It's, it's, it's a perfect way to offend Logan because he just doesn't want to be associated with that idea because he just basically between him and Gabriela Lopez, they, they, they're both greeted with the same disdain and, and, and profanity around, around the idea of being called the Wolverine. Um, 
and uh, and also i thought i thought uh, you know we really mentioned caliban um i just wanted to say that the 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 family at the farm one of the things I love about that whole sequence is, you know, it, it hurts and it resonates so much because there's this weird little blind side because the, the, they make you emotionally invested in the family because you see their names, you see their faces, which is very different from, you know, us sympathizing with the people of Sokovia, for example. Yeah. And, and and then, you know, you go into the and home. And you're lulled into the I know, you're in the home. It, it's Get so personal. Security. Yeah, and you get this false sense of security because all of a sudden you think the water pump confrontation is the big thing, and then it isn't, and then it isn't. It's just certainly not. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's all I was going to say, Karen. No, 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 <laughs> completely, man. And I think that was, you know, like we did say before, how pivotal that that scene was. But yeah, you're right. The water pump scene did it changed your, your direction. It was a very clever, kind of subtle change in. In, oh yeah, yeah. It's actually no. They've got away with that. There's there's been no gunfire and, and Logan's it, it was, not. It to, was a few moment, wasn't it? It was well, like well, he's not had to he's not had to draw his claws, and that would have kicked them out of the house. And there'd be a lot of you think, oh yeah, they're just going to go back to bed and wake up in the morning, and off they go. Uh, no, no, that's not at all yeah, what happens. Not, not uh, quite. Um, not quite. They do wake up um, for for yeah for a brief moment, Briefly. but it was quite a bold quite a bold scene. It was it was a really bold scene actually, and it was extreme violence that I you know that the film is kind of synonymous for. It's it's there's a lot of violence. I mean, the scene in the casino when when Patrick Stewart hasn't taken his pills and he's having an episode, as it would be known, I guess, and, and he's he's potentially on the verge of killing a lot of people. That scene was magnificent. I saw when Logan is clawing his way through the oh, hotel yeah. room and the guards are giving him the eyes to say, holy shit, I can't move and this guy is coming at me <laughs> and he's basically tearing them apart in slow motion. That was so violent. But it was incredible, and I just thought that when it's resonating, you know, when the screen is is shaking almost, and it was it, nauseating, I, wasn't it? It was, and, it, and you felt like you couldn't stand it much more. You almost had to close your eyes after a while because you could, you you got the sense of what was really happening. And there's not many films or scenes that have done that to me where I'm watching it at a cinema and I I went to see it in the IMAX because it was just amazing oh, at two the IMAX. Yeah. And that scene alone was just like, oh my god, this is this is brilliant, and and it wasn't your full blown high speed action scene. It was slow because of what was going on, and but it was probably the most powerful action scene I've seen in the film for a, a long time. It was that scene, you know, that stole the action scenes for me because there was a lot of them, and and the forest at the end, and and you know the ones around Mexico. And, um, but that that one to me was just just incredible. I mean, Stu, anything to add? Uh, that, that's a pretty fair summary, really. Uh, yeah, it, it was one that you 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 felt you, you, you really I completely agree. You could feel it resonating through your bones, and it was uncomfortable to watch because it's making yeah, your it eyes was. go a little bit funny. But that just puts you in it, doesn't it? And you're going, Jesus! Imagine what this must have been like if it, you know, if you were actually there. And and the look of terror in their eyes when they're looking, going, shit, what's he going to do to me? And they know they can't do anything. And then even I Laura couldn't do well, anything. Laura's yeah. just she she knows what she needs to do. And yeah, it 
oddly powerful, considering, relatively speaking, Charles doesn't do anything. You know, he doesn't consciously do anything. It's all just a result of him not taking his pills. And yeah, it, it, I know, exactly. It's a, a big moment for Laura as well, because Logan tells her, doesn't he, before he goes out and makes sure he has his pills. And she obviously doesn't, because he sort of has won her over with all of his talk of how he, yeah. he doesn't want them and stuff. And they're quite sweet together, because they are very much like a, a granddad and a granddaughter, you know? And they're watching a Western together, and, oh, yeah. and again, sort of references to things. But it's it's very clever, that scene, because he... You know, she gets the impression that she's in a safe kind of haven. Um, and she and starts she to come out of herself, secure. doesn't she? She actually starts exactly. to become, act like a little girl. And what's yeah. interesting as well, if you actually read a synopsis about the Western that they're watching, it's the plot of Shame. Logan. Yeah, no, I know. It's it's, yeah. it's some ridiculously long film, really famous uh, Western. I'm not a massive Western fan, I'll be yeah. perfectly honest. But, um, I mean, either, but I, I went and read a little synopsis about it, and it is, it's like, a retired gunslinger, he doesn't want to have to, you know, do what he used to do anymore, but something happens and he has to, so he, Shane has to get his guns out in the same way that um, Logan has to pop his claws and yeah, it's very that sort to of me, That to me is quite subtle. The one thing that I'm not, and this, this is my only slightly controversial viewpoint on the film, um, and we'll talk about this until and the, and the ending and we'll do some questions if we've got time, Um is that X24 is is a very unsubtle way of the director getting across this is this is Logan looking in his his mirror you know yeah. this is him looking at all the things he's done wrong in his in his life in his heart in his eyes this is all the anger and the violence you know this is all the regrets he's got in, in a physical form it's and he's battling of, he's battling he against himself it's what he could yeah. have become if he hadn't found Charles. You know that it, yeah. it's like the devil on his shoulder. He would have been a government-led killing machine, just an assassin for hire. But I really like what Marco said before about the the paternal side of him when he's skewered on the farm equipment and he's there and he's almost stroking his hair like it's okay, it'll all be okay, it's fine. And I'd never I, I, that had sort of gone over my head. So I'm glad you've pointed that out because it, it's nice to pick up on these little things. Yeah, but just just. And that is true, um, but just as a kind of portrayal or a kind of kind of imagery of, of himself, is it not a bit obvious? It is a little bit. I must admit, if, if someone held a gun to my head and said, pick one thing that didn't work, I would probably say the X-24 thing, in fairness, not just because you just mentioned it, because it was, like we said before, that Caliban was a subtle plot point. This was completely the opposite. This was as was, brazen as you can get. We, we, we need something for Logan to fight. Mm, okay, let's basically have him fighting himself. Yeah, and I just thought it was just a little bit for, for what had been a, such a clever and smart and, and, and intelligent film that made you, you know, really play with your emotions. This is the one thing that took me out of it a little bit. Um, and, I, you know, this is me being critical and, and trying to be honest, but... Uh, Mark, do you agree, or have you got a slightly different take on it? Of course, I have a different take. What do you expect? <laughs> well, um, I know, but that's so, the whole point. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, 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 it it, it worked for me because of the, the the whole theme around this idea of you know being a weapon versus being a person. Number one, uh, number two, I think it's very important that he did look the same because I think just that moment as Logan enters the house and he's like. 
because Logan would usually rush in there and like try and figure out what's going on. And he's he's stunned. He's just taken aback at this like, hang on, that's me. And and then and that almost sort of brings him to that emotional panic around you know Charles's state of mind. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. And 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 I thought that was important in terms of the the, the narrative, of the characters. But I think the most critical thing that that the, why it's important around around that exposition is the fact that in that last fight. You know, the, 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 that fight on the farm was brutal. Like, you know, you, you think, okay, well, Wolverine should have the measure of this. And then you suddenly realize just how proficient a fighter X-24 is. And at the end of it, you, you just know this is one of those fights Will, uh, uh, Logan's not going to come back from. You just know that that, in lo- that last fight, um, Logan, by, by, by distracting X-24 and allowing the kids to escape, he sends his, he sends, sends himself to death. So um, I thought it was quite important that it's got to be something that he can't beat. And ironically, it's the very thing he's fighting with it because X-24 is just – uh, a, a symbol, not just for the for, for the weapon Logan thinks he is, but also for the weapon that that Logan desperately wants Laura not to become, and that's and that's the whole power of that of that last line that he says. Because yeah, um, don't be what the they whole, made you. Don't be what they made you. So 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 Logan, and, and maybe this is a good segue into the death. But Logan effectively one doesn't want Laura to 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 sort of be be trapped without the same choice he 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 felt that was denied to him and and effectively his death enables her to get the choice that he didn't have because he basically says to look regardless of what they created you to be don't you you've seen what that thing was don't be that thing be you be 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 something different be you know cho- choose for yourself uh, uh, to to be something different instead of this you know, so in other words, literally choose between Laura X twenty three. X twenty three implying you know the code, the mindless machine bred in the lab, versus Laura the person with emotions and depth yeah. and and consideration. He wants, he wants her to to be he human. To you know, he, he wants her to have humanity. Yeah, essentially, I mean, in plain terms, in in layman's terms, it's he's given his life so she can live hers. You know, right. and that's what he does. He's doing the ultimate sacrifice, and. And that is the most powerful thing about the end of the film. He is, you know, he is dying. You know, that's the one thing to say. He obviously injects himself with the serum and it gives him a temporary boost. But and how all throughout, that? Yeah. <laughs> after seeing yeah. him sort of struggle and he, he can't Doing do the, anything, the old flying claw, and then he and, and then he the rolls back the uh, rolls back the years, and he's bloody leaping at people and stabbing them oh, right through the I face. I love the leap. It's, it's insane. just amazing. Yeah, it is insane. And but the way he goes. I mean, you know, through the tree and it's just, you know, I mean, Laura obviously ultimately, well, she saves not his life, but she, she saves her own, you know, um, by using the bullet and, and, and that's powerful in itself that she's, she's killing him in a sense. Do you know what I mean? It, it's, yeah. it's got a lot of things you can take references from and there's a lot of ways yeah. to look at it and a lot of different kind of things you can have discussions about that ending in particular. Because um, that was always Logan's way out, wasn't it? So that no matter what else happened in life, he was always going to have that golden ticket to yeah. to get out of things with the, the adamantium bullet. Yeah. Ironically, just, she gave him the best choice, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, as well, yeah, exactly. if, if, he, if he had ever decided to kill himself like that, he might never have got the chance to make peace with her. And like you yes. say, right at the end, it's the only time that she ever really accepted him as his father and he actually accepted her as a real daughter. And had he died in battle or something, or he, he never would have got that. Yeah, I think ultimately at the end, it's the 
acceptance, isn't it? It's the acceptance he's going to die, um, the acceptance, acceptance that she's she's going to live a life in in hopefully safety. Do you know what I mean? Across the border um, and surrounded and, and by her friends to, as well. Yeah, exactly. She, she's and, not going to have to live as, as he did, where he was very much on his own for a long. Long no, time. it's that difference between isolation and loneliness that he always wanted to be. You know, he's always running off towards that. He never really wanted to embrace the family or embrace that life because, you know, I know it's different in the comics, but it's it's not something he could commit to in terms of the films. And I think that's why Hugh Jackman is is incredible. And I think to, to me that the most important thing is they gave him the death that he deserved, and they gave him the film that he deserved. I mean, the the cross turning it on its side into an X was probably was the most powerful powerful piece of imagery I've seen in a film. And I keep saying this, but there's a lot of parts of this film that I, I've not seen films do so well in a very long yeah. time. But that imagery was just stunning. I mean, that really did get me. Yeah, that that was an, a real lump in the throat moment. Because she obviously knew, without having ever spoken to it, he sort of, it was his last moment as an X-Man sort of, you know, it, it was so, it was like, you know, he hadn't referred to himself as Wolverine or the Wolverine the whole way through. But in that last moment, she was able to send him out as the Wolverine with an X on him. It was very, very, very strong. So at, at risk of sounding a little bit like Kay, the, the, the interpretation I got from that was, because it's funny, when... One could look at the whole angle he takes of the comic book in Eden as as almost this like flippant shot towards the the popcorn formula of of what we see the MCU and the DCEU trying to be, and Mangold was were, was quite uh, uh, expressive in some interviews that I that I listened to around saying it's not actually about that. It's that you know the the comic mythology is really important in this film because it's actually part of the 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 same angle of hope of wonderment that that Xavier wants Logan to think about so his death has meaning because of her because she basically helps him re-enter that mythology the eden she helps him become one of the x-men again yeah. and that's why that that's why that yeah. last moment is so powerful because what you actually realize for the whole film, he hasn't, the reason, like, and that's why he's, it's called Logan. Like, he hasn't been the Wolverine for ages. And I mean, it, it's just, you know, the, the, one of the most precious moments at the end is when you see um, Black Bolt's uh, spiritual successor, uh, uh, the kid with the, with the electric skills. Yeah, he's, yeah. Got, uh, he's got a Wolverine toy. Like, like you yeah, know, with the whole yellow suit and everything. And I mean, like, it's just, it it comes full circle. It's beautiful. There's there's no other yeah. word for it. It's 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 a it is a, a really you know prominent scene and and touching scene and and like I said about the director, it's nice that they you know they didn't do anything stupid. There wasn't a the hint of the claw coming through the rocks or do you know what I mean? There wasn't anything that took away from what it was and it, and it's a true ending to it, which I yeah. think is is what it deserved. We could go on for a very long time. And there are a lot of other things that we could probably discuss, but I think I think we're going to have to be good. Um, I think we're quite a way into this part. I think we're going to do three questions and try and answer one each and keep it brief if we can, and then we're going to wrap up and we'll revisit and do. I don't know. I want to do more pods, just loads more. <laughs> um, so maybe we'll do another pod in next week and discuss. I don't know something imaginative and fun because it's is always good so um Stu, have you got any questions you want to do you want to read out that yeah were let me given to us on our twitter feed let me go uh we did actually get 
quite a few came in. So thanks everyone for um, for sending them in. It's nice to to see people actually give a shit. Yeah, I'm um, going to do quickly one. So go on, you, guy, you go first if you've got uh, one lined up. Good friend of ours, um, Guy Drinkle, host of the One Up podcast. Um, he asked, would it be cool if there was a black and white version of this? Um, I think the director, from what I listened to, hadn't thought about it. But I think after being suggested it, he's going to go and pitch it to, to, to Fox. And that's quite interesting if that does come out in some form on a DVD, Blu-ray. Um, well, supposedly they were, they were pitching it for a, a full cinematic release. Well, yeah. I mean, if you've, uh, you've not seen Mad Max, I know Marco has. Um, Mad Max... <laughs> at least the black and black and chrome edition, um, which is the same thing, um, and such a vibrant film that again it's got similar kind of vibes as this, you know, because it's, it's on the go all the time and it's a lot of it's dry and arid and desert and all that. It works extremely well and it looks incredible and it doesn't take away from the spectacle and I think it would really work. Um, I'm a big person on cinematography and all that as I always ramble on about but I do think this film was shot beautifully and looks stunning and I think for some reason the black and white element and, and all the links to the westerns and all that kind of stuff of the past I think it worked and I, and I think they actually will do it I think the Mad Max thing did did really well and I think people would gravitate towards watching this in, in black and white and it could be stunning Okay um, well, I, the, the one I've chosen I'm going to go with um, Adrian, Adrian Ordonez. Yeah. First of all, question. if you don't cry watching this film, are you even human? No. If you didn't shed at least a single tear at this, yeah, then you have a, a heart of granite, Mister Greenfield. I had a couple, but it wasn't. I wasn't in in bawling in tears, but yeah, it hit me hard. No, 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 man. It's fine. It's not about that. I, you know, it's just. <laughs> yeah. This depends what mood you're in at the time. But no, it's an incredibly emotional, hard hitting film, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. The, the the second part to his question is one that a lot of people have been asking. Where does uh, where do the X Men go from here? Mm, now that X twenty three. Well, you'd uh, think uh, logically X Force. Yeah. X Force is the next direct tie into X Men. There's, we already know that there's going to be, Cable is going to be in Deadpool 2. So that's Cable, Deadpool, two members of X-Force. Domino is going to be in there. She's another member. And X-23. So you've already got four out of the maybe five members that you'd want in. But where do the X-Men films go? I don't think X-Men can go anywhere other than backwards now. Cause, no, I mean, it's going to reboot, I think. Well, the, the next film in the, the prequel franchise, you know, with Sophie Turner as Jean Grey, they're doing the Phoenix storyline again. But I think they're actually going to do it properly this time. They're not going to do the really stupid, crappy way that the, the Brian Singer films did it, where it was really half-arsed. Um, I, I really hope my major aim for the, the future of the X-Men franchise is I want them to stick with X-23. As Marco said, they, they've shown a brave quality here stick with it you've just killed off one of the most iconic character uh, comic book characters ever certainly you would say the most iconic x-men character stick with it you, you've you've set yourself on a path now keep going stick with hopefully you can stick with um, with daphne Keane. but if not recast with somebody who's maybe four or five years older and i want to see an x-23 film where she's now been living for a while with her friends and she's now a little bit more comfortable with her powers 
maybe she's she's not formally taken on the mantle yet of of the Wolverine, but I want to at least see her in another film. Yeah, 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 me too. Um, I'm gonna see if I can ask Mark a question. Let's have a look. I think he'll let you. <laughs> A lot of them aren't that direct as questions. Ah, um, oh, this will piss Mark off. Where does this rank among all comic films? Because I knew you were going to ask comic it. films. <laughs> what was your favourite action scene, stroke favourite non-action scene? Let's just ask, what was your favourite scene in this film? Uh, I can answer all three very quickly. Where does it rank? I think it's upper with the Dark Knight in its own section. It doesn't deserve to be compared <laughs> to Fangasm. Don't put it in uh, the box. Different. Stop it putting it put in it boxes, box. people. Yeah. Nobody yeah. puts yeah. Logan but, in the corner. But, but for me personally, uh, Dark Knight first, Logan second. I, that's how much I like this film. Wow. Favorite action scene, uh, without a doubt, the farm because it's so freaking brutal. Although, yeah. uh, shout to Vegas for obvious reasons. Favorite non-action scene, so many. Toilet scene, asking Xavier to take his meds, the Pierce introduction, ba- Logan bashing his truck was so funny, the argument in the truck with Laura, but I think the, the last word is my favorite scene because it's come full circle, it's very fitting, it's very powerful, and it's awesome. Yeah, I think that's, that's very fair. Um, as I said, this has been, I, I hope we've done it justice. I know a lot of people are hopefully listening to this podcast because we do truly love this film. And and I think we really, ultimately, all we want is people to go and watch this film and appreciate it. And then if you want to come and listen to us, uh, talk about it and wax lyrical about it, we're all good with that. We're going to be back quite soon. We've got some really good stuff coming up because Guardians is out next month. Um, So we get to preview that which is really, really cool because I'm excited about Guardians Volume 2. Super excited. And we're going to talk about Iron Fist quite soon, I think. Yeah, so side be- note from, from Guardians 2, did you see that Mr. Gunn has been dropping ever so subtle hints that he might be interested in doing a third one? Oh, I think he will do a third one. He's always um, previously said that he wasn't going to because he, he, yeah. he finds it such an exhaustive process and he's been doing this in total for he like six loves it, years. Though. He loves it, man. He gets his kicks off it. So I, I don't see him turning it down if, if it comes about. So. No, he, he basically yeah. did a little, I think it was a, a Facebook Live thing the other day, and he pretty much said, I'm going away for a bit to have a bit of a rest, me and the missus, the cat and the dog. But then he sort of, without actually saying it, he really sort of hinted that Guardians Volume 3 was going to be on the cards at some point. I must admit, just for, for, for audience listenership, if you're not realised by now, Stu is the worst person at wrapping up a podcast, if there ever was one. He literally will go off on the randomest topic of conversation. That's not um, random. That's totally relevant. It's, it's in a news section at the beginning, but we're trying to wrap up a fucking podcast. Well, man, you yeah. are. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not presenting. <laughs> I don't to wrap up. Um, is there anything for us to plug some articles from Joey which are just incredible especially one about X-23 or Laura yeah his X-23 one's a very good read Um, I learned a lot of stuff that I didn't know about the character on there and I've just been editing his latest one about Cable which is fucking huge it's like it's like War and Peace it's like that, that guy is just a machine, man. Yeah. He's just, he's incredible. He Anything, he, look, people don't always read stuff. I know it's quite hard, and we don't have the dulcet tones of Trevor Downey narrating for us as much as we'd love to. And you don't want to listen to me and Stu anymore. Just talk I don't shit. want to so, fucking listen to me and you. 
I know exactly. But, um, but hang on, maybe Joey's Mark doing an ebook. Joey's doing an ebook. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like incredible. all these are going into the, into the AI coin pod ebook oh, with illustrations incredible. by Stuart it's incredible. <laughs> um, and I've I've got my Robin article which I've finished. I'm just waiting for it to be published. Which, if I must nice. admit, it's very good. I'm very pleased and, and with it. Guilty admission of me, I didn't write a Logan review. I just didn't think I could do it justice. I'll be perfectly honest. I started to write one and I really struggled with it. But I I'm think it's try easier to talk about it because it's it is it is it's an emotive film and and I've said the word magnificent about 24 times on this pod and I don't think I'd want to write it down 24 times. So. Anything to plug from you, Marco? An excellent podcast recently that I listened to. You might want to plug. Yeah, well, there was the, there was the spotlight appearance with you. There was, uh, uh, the, yeah, there's the main AI show. Uh, do I want to plug anything? Um, just just the AI comic pod. Um, I love this pod. I love supporting it. I love these films. I love this material. I love these comics, and I'm glad that even if it's just for three people, we have a voice. <laughs> he didn't say love does, did he? All that no. shit, and he didn't say love does. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Blame Marco. Right. <laughs> On that note, honestly, brilliant pod, one of my favourites, probably my favourite pod actually I've ever recorded. So um, thanks very much for listening. We will be back very soon, and hopefully we'll do a few more of these and do something slightly outside the box. I'm putting us outside the box, but I'm not, you know, the film. Right. right. Cheers, guys. Speak soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.